Welcome back to another episode of That's Business. Today's guest is the Executive Director of Strategic Partnerships at Castell, a commercial furniture and workplace design consultancy. She is also an Ayurvedic health counselor, yoga instructor, and certified ergonomics evaluator. In addition to her decades of experience in contract furniture sales and leadership, Lisa has combined her expertise in holistic health and wellness to champion personal well-being in the workplace through stress management, guided yoga, and meditation sessions, along with other workplace wellness support services. Lisa, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. We are newer friends that we were introduced from Elizabeth, so I'm excited for us to have this conversation because I unfortunately had to cut it short because I had another meeting, but I was like, I could speak to you for hours. So I'm so excited about this. Before we dive into your background and where you're at with it all, what did you want to be when you grew up or what was your childhood like if you feel comfortable telling us? I do. And I love this question because there was some work I did a few years ago with a teacher and they talked about uh, Dharma, which is your life purpose, right? And one of the things he always asked us to go back to is like, what did you want to be when you were little? Because it's a spark there. There's something there that is, you know, kind of dharmic, right? So I had a few things. The first thing I wanted to be was a dancer. I had this fantasy of being a dancer and I would be a flower in the middle of my living room and I would unfold. And yeah, you know, everybody had to watch me. I was the youngest child. So seriously, I of course I took full advantage of that <laughs> of that position in my in my family. But after that, I remember as a kid playing teacher a lot. But as I got a little bit older, I always wanted to be an attorney. Oh, I don't know why. I think I love to debate, right? I like conversation. I like to win a conversational debate. Yes. So my competitive nature is there. Wow. Amazing. And it's so funny because one of the podcast guests that was a few weeks before this one, she said the same thing. She's like, I love to win arguments and I love to debate. So... That's funny you both said that. So amazing. It's how I ended up in sales for my career, right? Exactly. And you have to, I mean, negotiating contracts, negotiating terms. Heck yeah, you have to have good debate skills. Now, moving up, growing up, going into high school, going into college, if you went to college and all, but where did you kind of have this transition into sales and then getting into, of course, being a yoga instructor? And then now where you're at. Walk us through that. (laughs) You know, I, I've been really blessed in my life to have things just kind of organically happen. I was in college and I had put my own self through school. And so, wow. you know, that whole thing of trying to figure out how to pay for it. So I ended up working uh, in a retail uh, location and it was commission. And I happened to do really well and ended up actually um, not finishing my senior year because I ran out of money and going into sales in that same organization and ended up making more money than my friends who were graduating, right? And so it's like, well, huh, there's something here with this commission sales business. And so that happened. Um, I went from retail sales and I ended up in the contract furniture industry, selling office furniture for a major manufacturer and then running a dealership. And then burnout, right? So after 20 years or so of that, I had practiced yoga for a long time. And ended up getting my yoga certification in 2012, not having any intention of teaching, just I wanted to deepen my personal understanding of practice. And, you know, Source had a different idea or universe or whatever words we want to use. And uh, I decided that I just, I needed to make a change, a drastic change, and left the industry. And God love my husband, who's like, okay, what do you need from me? Like, we just went from making money to making no money, but okay. So I uh, ended up actually initially selling yoga and meditation to all my corporate clients. So would go to them and uh, same people that I was selling office furniture to. 
But unfortunately, in this environment in Michigan, where, you know, you have to drive pretty far to get from client to client. If I was in downtown Boston, I could just pop from place to place. Yep. So it wasn't going to be a way to to long-term fund, right? So I actually was looking to come back into the office environment in 2014, begrudgingly. Um, and in the very same weekend I had a job offer, my studio owner came back from Arizona and said, we want to move to Arizona. Would you like to buy the studio? And it was the exact same weekend. So <laughs> of course. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? Right. You know, wait, this is how my whole life has been. And so I'm like, well, yeah, I don't know how I'm going to do it. But yeah, I'm going to I'm going to find the money and I'm going to buy the studio. So I did that in 2012, um, excuse me, 2014. And uh, yeah, and that's how I ended up in that world. Wow. Kudos to having an incredible partner. First of all, that's like, heck, yeah, what are we doing based on your first note? Yeah. And just an ode to that for those listening. I mean, having a partner that's so supportive of you, like, yes, you're independent. Do you need a partner? No, but it's always great to have of like those supportive people in your life to make drastic career decisions. Or that's like, heck yeah, where are we going? Jump in the car. I'm riding with you wherever we're going, as the rider dies like to say. But <laughs> I love it. But having that right person, because that's a big piece of this is the psychology behind this. And I think I shared with you, I have two psychology degrees. So I'm very much like how motivating that is to have friends, family, partners that are like that. So when you had the opportunity to buy the studio or you had a great job offer, what was going through your head of like, what made you decide that? Because I feel a lot of people have those opportunities and the safe bet would have been just taking the job and not buying a studio. Yeah. I, you know, I've never been one to go for the safe bet. Love that. <laughs> you know, I just saw the opportunity and I, I so loved being in that world and immersing. And so I made the decision to figure out a way to do it. So I did. And what was really beautiful is for 10 years, I, I wasn't just teaching yoga. I was a student of yoga. I mean, it, just to give you a sense of it, when you first become a yoga teacher, it's a 200 hour training. I think I've done 1500 or so hours of training now, at least, um, because two pieces. First, honestly, the first piece is because I just love the work and I want to know more. The second piece is a lot of women in the world have this, you know, imposter syndrome thing. And so we have to over-educate in order to feel like we earn our place at the table. And that's kind of my mindset. I've worked on that. My, you know, I know this about myself. And so I just absolutely fell in love and, and immersed and had found great teachers. And I spent a lot of time in the East Coast at Kripalu, um, uh, which is a yoga center there, which is where I do all of my extended training. So it's my other home. So it was just a decision that was, you know, I, I try to follow where source is leading me. And I use that word because I, I don't like to, to quantify that word for anybody, whatever that sure. word is, right? It's different for all of us. But whatever it is that lays out the path in front of you, I try to listen and follow. So that's how I ended up in that world for 10 years. Wow. And then after those 10 years, I believe that brings us to present. Yeah. What made you kind of make that decision, especially getting away from the studio and then kind of moving into where you're at today, which I'm so excited to talk about? Well, it was, again, one of those things where COVID obviously uh, did severe damage right. to my studio. It was my main, so it was my only source of income. My husband has always been stay at home. He took care. He raised our son. He raises our grandchild when the need is there and to support our family. But COVID absolutely kind of demolished things. So I will say I had a great community who stayed with me for those first couple of years and they still paid me even though they weren't coming. They were just Aww. so lovely. And I was putting out videos every day. Uh, there's 170 videos out there of, of me wow. teaching yoga. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so they were awesome. But I just I got to the point where I knew I had to come back to work. And once again, the exact same 
literally day as I was trying to figure out what am I going to do, right? Like I, because I, I never saw myself coming back. I had an email from my son who also now is in this industry, weirdly enough. And he said for the company he was working for, which is now Castell, he said, they're looking to see if you want to come back in the industry because they've never had sales leadership. And I was always in a sales leadership position and it just landed there. And so that's where I went next and followed that particular path that was set in front of me. And here I am. Amazing. So organic. Yes. Totally organic. (sighs) Yeah, that's been the theory or the reoccurring theme of your life, it seems, which I love. If I stop and listen, I just have to get out of my own way. Right. And I have to allow. That's the trick. And that's a hard trick to learn. And that's what I was just going to ask you. Have you always been this person that usually gets out of your own way? I mean, we're all human, like we talked about imposter syndrome briefly. But have you been this person? And if not, how did you develop into this person? You know, I have always had a really good adaptability to be able to go with what environment I'm in. But all of the yoga training teaches us that we have to accept the way things are and learn how to be comfortable within whatever the reality is. We can't change what it's, right? We can fight it. We can be angry about it. You know, I could be frustrated for years about what happened with the yoga studio, but I had to look at it as, well, this is where I'm supposed to be next, right? I have to look at it as the messages that that this is where I'm supposed to be. And so I really work hard on accepting what is versus getting really angry. And that's, you know, we see that on the little memes everywhere, right? Just accept the way it is. <laughs> but it, it is, it's a practice, a lot of meditation, a lot of breath work, a lot of yoga, a lot of self-reflection, hopefully without judgment, right? It's self, self-awareness without judgment is the, is the real trick, is really what I try to do. I try to just allow what is and figure out a way to be comfortable within that versus try to change what is. Now, I'm sure listeners are very anxious to know, how does a sales position tie into (laughs) thinking about well-being, you being a yoga instructor, having your own studio? How does this tie into your current position? Well, it's really interesting, again, how this unfolded. Uh, I started last year when I first came back in the office environment as a sales leader. And in the midst of that, we were doing a full rebrand. So we have completely changed not just our name, but really we're able to identify our core values. And a lot of those core values were surrounding this idea of being post-pandemic, being very people-centric in the designs, in the office furniture, and how we use the environment to try to attract and retain people, and how do we get them back in the office. And so once we started the rebrand process, um, we realized we needed someone to be able to go out into the community, especially the architectural and design community, which this company didn't call on in a very strong way. So I was chosen to then switch my role. And now I am the executive director of strategic partnerships, which is a, a mouthful of a, a title. But it just basically means, right, is I'm going out and telling our story and talking to people about Castell, uh, this amazing company and the in the values that we have. And so what I started looking at is, you know, in sales, we always go out and we try to entertain and create relationships, right? So we're taking people to dinner and we're drinking and we're golfing. And so the folks that I'm calling on, the architectural design community are under high, high levels of stress, like so many different types of workers are and short-staffed. And so you know, it made sense to me to say, how can I help them, right? Because we're always one-sided. We're trying to get them to bring business to us. But how can I offer something back to them that's of value to them personally? So I thought, well, yeah, I could take them drinking, but I can also teach them some things to help them 
like, can I teach you some stress management techniques? Like how to belly breathe when you start feeling anxious? What are some of the tools that you can pick up to help lower that anxiety? Also, what happens to the creative mind when we're under high levels of stress? And what can we do to bring the stress down so that that creative capacity flows, which is really what that community relies on is their, their creative capabilities. So I decided to start blending it. And so I go out to the A&D communities and say, hey, listen, I can do anything from wellness talks to personal stuff about stress management or yoga and use that as a way to build relationships. People get confused by it, though. It's funny. <laughs> no, because when I was first introduced to you, I was like, excuse me, what? How do these bring together? I mean, it makes sense to me, of course, like well-being in the workplace. And I think you had brought this up Oh, I hope it was you because I'm pretty sure it was. But you had talked about, of course, creating like an office space or a workplace that's great. If you're neurodivergent and you hear like the giant loud fan or we were just talking about on a previous podcast, like the fluorescent lights that bother myself as a neurodivergent individual. I mean, we would turn off the yeah. lights and I never knew why. And our boss used to get so mad at us. But Thinking about those things, and I'm I'm not going to say thankful for the pandemic, but thankful that these topics are being discussed because we're realizing like, hey, we can work from home. We can have inclusive like co-working spaces. I mean, just all these opportunities. And there is a huge need for people like you and especially to focus on your health, your mental health. I mean, of course, it makes sense. That was my initial reaction was this is interesting, but of course that makes sense. So what does it look like outside of like, you know, doing those pieces with your clients or your partners one-on-one, -on -one, what other services do yourself or Castell offer to your clients you work with? Well, the big piece is workplace consultancy, right? Because post-pandemic is a very different experience in design. Um, Pre-pandemic, it was very facilities-driven. So what are the least number of parts that we can reconfigure quickly as we have to make changes and add people, right? It was all driven by that versus what are the things that inspire people? How do we create an, an environment that attracts and retains our employees? Because really it is a big part of it. For example, if I'm going to get in the car and drive and then go into a dreary office that doesn't have any space for me to collaborate, like why, right? Why am I coming in? We need to create spaces that entice people to come in and entice what are the big points, which is collaboration and cultural exchange, right? Those are the things that we miss when we're not together in an office. And the cultural piece is super important. So what we need to do is design the space so that it has different areas so that as I'm working, like today, I might want to go feel like I'm working at home, go sit in a sofa somewhere. Or I might feel like I really need to be isolated just because of my, not necessarily it's a heads down thing that I'm doing. I could be doing something like this. But I feel like I want to feel a little more security and safety. I'm a little anxious today. So I need to have a space that makes me feel more grounded and centered. So what we're doing here at Castell is working with our business leaders, with architects and designers and brokers to talk about how do we build this environment so that it, then it helps you attract and retain employees. And that's not necessarily unique, but I think we're looking at through a different lens at Castell. We're really looking at it from a well-being perspective. And I, I have to remember to use the word well-being versus wellness because wellness is physical, well-being, mind, body, spirit, right? And so one of the things that I find interesting is I'm also what's called an Ayurvedic health counselor, which is the medical side of yoga. And I spent several years on that training. And it's fascinating because it's how do the five elements 
appear in your body? And how can what's happening out in nature bring you in or out of balance? And then how do you come into balance? And what we know is that anxiety, and that is what the major, major factor that we're working with in workplace is, is stress and anxiety, right? Those are the things that we're seeing. 72% of individuals say that the workplace itself and work itself is the main reason for stress and anxiety. So we know this, right? That's a huge percentage. So how do we build environments that help support that and bring that level of anxiety down? So what I look at from an Ayurvedic perspective is we know that anytime we're using really earthy things, like if you get out and walk in the grass, hug a tree if you want to get really hippie-ish, right? Those help bring down anxiety anytime because anxiety is considered air and ether. It's very lifted. It's very light. It's very unstable. Whereas the earth is very grounded, stable, and solid. So when we have an environment and we bring in now biophilia, which is all the greenery we're seeing now brought into an office, and we're creating spaces that feel grounded and more earthy, um, and we even have presentations of products that create that feeling in an environment that we offer to our clients. So that's one space. But I might also need another space in the office that is more stimulating for those that feel a little dull, right? And I'm a little bit more lethargic today, I might want to work in a place that gives me a little bit more stimulation. So understanding that we can create different aspects of an environment so that everyone that's in that environment feels engaged and included. And that's really, so, you know, we want the whole diversity, inclusion, and belonging piece can be addressed through the workplace itself. Now, being in the field that I'm in, I've had people say, oh, well, it's a generational thing. All of these young folks, that's what they want. They want the Googles and the Microsofts, and that's how the office space needs to be. But it's not. And I want you to talk on this piece from your experience of the statistic you gave about 72% of people saying their work is them anxiety. What is the makeup of those statistics or the people that you are helping? Is it a certain generation or is this all of us workers across the board? I know the answer, but tell our listeners. I just say, what do you think? You know, it's all of us. It is. Now, there are some, some generational statistics, right, For that sure. are surprising in that Gen Z is unfortunately the highest stress group coming out, the highest demographic. I believe it was only 47% self stable, right? So that, you know, really high statistic of feeling anxious and stressed out. And it makes sense why those folks are. They've never been in an office environment, right? Some of them just came out of college during COVID and started their work, you know, during um, pandemic and everything was virtual. So now they're having to figure out how to engage and interact and that that environment can help support that. But millennials were already a super high stressed group. Z's are a little more stressed, but millennials were already stressed. And it's interesting. It is somewhat generational, but what we also want to know is as we age, stress, because, and I'm going to talk a little bit of Ayurveda here, because there's more air ether, we get into that stage of life, our anxiety lifts too. So it's not just generational. It's, it might look different on each generation, how we respond to it, but we are all in that space of trying to navigate anxiety and stress. Right. If anything, I feel it's less taboo to talk about or... We can talk through things. So now we can say, oh, yeah, I've had anxiety or, oh, yeah, I've had depression. I've had X. I've had Y. I've had Z. But before it wasn't. So not to say that these generations have less anxiety, but, you know, nobody had pandemic on their bingo card. Nobody had these other pieces of it <laughs> that make up things. I mean, I even remember graduating college and being like, well, why am I doing this? I made more money 
serving and bartending than at my first job out of college or and I'm a part of the millennial generation of go to school, you're going to be successful and this is going to be the best. And it took a little bit to get there or we're seeing kind of those changes of, okay, maybe you don't have to go to school. Maybe you can just go into the workforce or maybe you can go into skilled trades and it is the right environment. What's right for me isn't right for you, isn't right for everyone else. And I was giggling sitting here when you said, I forget what you said, but it was so great. I'm going to butcher it. But it essentially was saying, getting as many people in the door as you can in the dreary office space, because both jobs I had right after school was exactly that. I would move desks to try to like, okay, maybe if I'm by more natural light, this will work out. Or maybe if I'm facing this direction, I'll feel better. But it's so different when you come into a space and it's just gray and drab and just like, I hate being here. So I love that you said that. I was giggling to myself because I'm like, yeah, every job I had before owning my business was that way. Well, it's interesting because at first you mentioned that Google idea that first kind of effort towards this was like, let's have foosball tables and let's have, you know, I've been in uh, companies and they're running around in razor scooters to get from one side of the space to the, you know, all of that. Right. But it's evolving. now. I don't see that. Mm-hmm. Amenity rich space is important, but people aren't necessarily coming back to the office, getting in their car to come and drive in order to play. Right. They want value in how they're working. So are my team members going to be there when I'm there? If I'm going in to collaborate, we've got to have a system to understand if everybody else is going to be at the same time. And is there a space where we can gather that's appropriate? So, yes, those amenities are fun as far as the fun things, but really the amenities of good food, good access to food, water, maybe, like you said, lights, windows, outdoor spaces are really, really valuable. So I feel like it's become a little more mature yes, in its evolution of how, right, it's not just in there playing all the time like children. It is about being able to use those things for stress relief, for sure, like break away. We have a golf simulator in our office. So, you know, you'll hear people up there. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Up there swinging, which is what a great way to get a little stress off in, you know, the middle of the day. But it's for that. It's not you're there to play. That's just a piece that helps you break away when you need a few minutes, take a deep breath, doing something differently, and then go back to what you were doing. And I do think that it's much more mature, the design process now, than than just throwing in all the toys. And I love that you said mature. That is a great way to put it because it's not about the toys because the environments where people are riding around on scooters and doing that would give me anxiety as And I do like different environments. I have to sit outside some days when it's beautiful out today, when it's ugly and gross. I would love to be curled up, but (laughs) I will be moving to my couch after our meeting and working the rest of the day there because it feels better in that light. But I just remember thinking of like, oh, you have to sit at a desk for eight hours a day. I mean, we're honestly taught that from school all the way to your first Mm. job. It's always like sit still. And I never could. Was big procrastinator, still a procrastinator. but. It makes such a difference that I can throw in like a coffee meeting or lunch meeting or a podcast with incredible individuals like yourself, but it stimulates my way of thinking. And if I work till 10 p.m. tonight, like that's what works for me because I took a few hours off and it's not, I mean, I could rant about this for hours. I know this is supposed to be about you that I'm taking the light here, but (laughs) I just love so much what you're doing and I'm so excited for this to grow and just see what you continue to do, what Castell continues to do, because thank God for you, because it's just, it's so great and empowering. So after my rant, 
What exciting things are coming up in the next year, the next few months for yourself, for your company or what you're kind of doing right now? Well, it's interesting. We, we just did a rebrand a few months ago. Um, I think we launched in April. So we're still really fresh of getting the word out. So one of the things that has to happen is our entire office space, our showroom has to be completely redesigned. And so, you know, that's a process for us like it is for everyone. Even though we do it, there's a, you know, a lot of voices involved and we have fantastic talent here with, we have a director of place uh, design and strategy and uh, a phenomenal marketing person on board uh, you, you've met. So a team coming together to really look at that redesign and then working with our main manufacturer, Technion, to create the atmosphere we're looking to support these conversations, right? So so it's taken a few months, but the showroom has been ordered, most of it, I believe. And so first thing is happening uh, with that is we'll have an open house somewhere in the fall. And we're hoping to get lots of our clients and potential new clients and architectural design firms and all the folks that help us as influencers are in this business. We are currently starting a, a series called Cocktails with Castell, and we start on the 26th of this month at the uh, Apparatus Room, and we're inviting architects, designers, potential, you know, business leaders, whoever wants to join us for that, to start kind of creating relationships there. We're planning a design retreat, which is very exciting, that is going to be for the architectural design community that is really to understand that stress and anxiety kind of stifle the creative process. So we're going to take them away for a few days. We're going to do some stress reduction stuff. And then we're also going to have these things that help get them excited and stimulated their ideas um, so that their creative brains can kind of take a break and re-engage. Amazing. That's so exciting. So those are kind of the main things we're doing. Yeah. Awesome. Now, as we are wrapping this up, what advice do you have for listeners? <sighs> Did you hear the deep breath? That's I did. the first I was advice. <laughs> One of the things that's so fantastic about meditation, and I, this is a reason I, I really want to get to leaderships of companies and teach them meditation because it gives you that pause, the ability to collect yourself and decide, you know, what the answer is and how you're going to move sure. forward. So, you know, there's so many things, but I think people have to prioritize their well being because they're willing to give it away. And what happens with humans is we have these great strong brains and we ignore what our bodies are telling us. And so we have to step and listen every now and then, whether it's getting up, taking a break, walking outside, doing a few deep breaths, connecting and really getting a better understanding of what are you really feeling instead of overriding it with your head? Because whatever your body is telling you, it'll get stronger and stronger until you quit ignoring it. And so that mind-body connection just helps you from a holistic perspective with your quality of being able to be phenomenal at what you do and taking great care of yourself, which is super important for anything, right? It's so true. You're not wrong. Lisa, thank you so much. This has been a blast. And for those of you listening, if you want to work with Lisa, learn about her or Castell, head to our show notes where you can have all of her links and all the lovely things to see what she's up to. And tune in again next week for another episode of That's Business. If you're looking for a career change and you're not sure where to start, the Resume Rescue can help. Sure, there's no such thing as the perfect fit for everyone, but here at the Resume Rescue, we're on a mission to find the perfect solution for you. Whether it's changing careers, updating a resume, learning LinkedIn, or practicing interviewing, we have you covered. Find us online at theresumerescue.com and find all of our contact info in our show notes.